You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating, and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat. And stay up to date. Hi there, you're listening to the Country Chat with Dom podcast here with me, Dom. Today I've got a special guest who's living in Nashville but from Florida. His name is Christopher Essex. Hi, Chris. How's it going, Dom? Ah, it's going good. How are you doing? Doing great, doing great. No complaints today. It's beautiful weather out here, so uh, I'm living it. <laughs> what what normal complaints would there be? Um, well, I don't know. It, you know, I I, I want to be that person that complains when it rains. Yeah. Right. But I'm also that person that it's sunny and I'll be inside. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I guess I really can't complain. <laughs> I, I suppose when you're living in a country where it's predominantly sunny you know in comparison right. to where we live here in the uk where it's predominantly raining sure you know we, we we're used to complaining about the rain because it's just every day here do you sure ever, like, sure sure do yeah you ever, do you ever complain about the sun um it depends i mean being from florida you definitely did because in florida it's just hot like we don't have seasons you have like hot hot summer and then you have less hot summer, which is really your winter. Yeah. And then like every once in a while, it'll get to like 60s or 70s and people will put on like winter coats because that is freezing. <laughs> and then people are like, what is going on? Like, I can't handle this. I moved to Florida to get away from the cold. So, uh, <laughs> wow. Um, you just don't think of Florida getting that cold, really. You, I mean, it, we were talking earlier, um, when I lived in Texas, the um, the weather there is always averaging around 80, 90, 100. Right. And whenever it gets, you don't realize it can actually get below 60. You know, even the um, about, I think about a year ago, they were reaching below 30. And it was snowing and ice everywhere. And you just right. wouldn't think it for Texas, you know. No, no. I mean, I think in some ways, I guess I would figure that for certain parts of texas especially when you talk like anywhere where you know you're getting towards like desert land and stuff yeah um yeah it's at night you can get some cold nights i think people don't expect it from florida as much because even if it's not as sunny you still have the humidity because you're just there's water everywhere so even when it's not that hot humidity can make it feel like you're scorching because you're just always sweating yeah that's (laughs) That's one thing. I mean, when we were talking earlier, the only time I've been to Florida is when I went to Orlando and it's just so thick. The air is just so sticky. Yeah, yeah. You you 100% can feel it. And like, I remember when I was in high school, it was particular. I remember it being particularly bad because the high school I went to was like a huge campus. So like you were literally at about point like three-fourths of a mile from one end to the next. So if you had one class, one place, you had to go three-fourths of a mile to the next place, and it was like 11.30 when you were switching classes, you would get to that room and you were sweating. Like everyone was just always sweating. And of course, this is also like peak puberty time too. So like as a a, a puberty-filled teen, I was already sweating. Like that was just something I couldn't figure out to begin with. And then humidity, oh, I remember that. You just always, you always felt disgusting. <laughs> I, I can't imagine what you'd look like as a 
as a teenager, because right now, watching like your Instagram videos and your Instagram stories where you're doing all these like push-ups and stuff, you're just so <laughs> physically buff. It's wow. I appreciate just... that. Um, if you want after this, I will gladly send you some amazing videos and pictures of me going through puberty. It's an incredible time. Um, I've been this height since about eighth grade. So I'm six foot two inches. Yeah. Um, and I probably got there right around eighth grade going from eighth grade to freshman year, right in that transition, my ninth year. And, um, I was just lanky. I, my arms didn't fit my body. My head was just kind of on top. I also had really long hair that swoops down because this was right when Justin Bieber was a thing. Oh yeah. And though no one admitted that they were growing <laughs> their hair out like Justin Bieber, cause you didn't like Justin Bieber at that point. Everybody hated him um, for that reason. Yeah, right. Exactly. They're like, Oh, Justin Bieber sucks. <laughs> Why does my hair look like this? It's a personal choice. It has nothing to do. <laughs> exactly. So I had, I, I had this long hair, and I remember, like looking back, I would have made fun of myself for trying to like throw out my neck for the amount of times I would like try and throw my <laughs> hair out of my eyes and doing this the entire time. <laughs> wow. Uh, the thing with my hair, well, we're, we're talking on Facetime at the moment, and we can obviously see each other. Chris has got really, really like straight, swooped back hair. It's really smart. Mine's just like a, a mess. I've I've just come back from work and yeah, it's it's well groomed. Uh, appreciate that. I uh, I I really want to say that like I put more time into my hair. There are a lot of people I've gotten when I do like Instagram poll questions or like you know ask me a question. I'll do like a day of questions. Yeah. Um, I've at, people have asked what's my hair routine and which is always also funny. Like, like out of all the questions, someone could be interested, like out of everything on my profile that someone would want to know more about my hair routine has come up more than once. And every single time I'm just like, nothing really like I'll, I'll shower, which is always a recommended thing that you should do. You should shower. Yeah. And then I, I'll use a comb and then I'll put, like I use hairspray. I know like a lot of guys don't. I, I use hairspray. I'll put a little bit of hairspray and then I leave and then that's my day. <laughs> well, if it keeps it there, it keeps it there. Yeah, you know, but uh, I wouldn't, I think you look smart. Oh, no. You know, you... I, look, I look better when I actually do dress up. Um, I use um, like matte, matte waxes and matte gels because I don't like that sure. sheen on my hair. Yeah, absolutely. I know that my buddy, who uh, I think I was telling you about before, he's in the world in uh, Liverpool. Yeah. He uses a lot of like that that kind of. He loves using the Elvis type product. Yeah, you know, he they, that's just one hundred percent his look. He looks like if Superman had blonde hair, <laughs> that would be him because he he always has like a little little flick. Yeah, just always there. Yeah, he's 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 definitely a, a, like a smart look he's he's always like dressed really like he's always got the cuff leg like he's always in like penny loafers or he's he's, he's got that smart look yeah <laughs> i i just can't put i'm currently wearing a hoodie and a t-shirt at the moment this is what i pretty much wear all the time <laughs> i mean especially now when you know uh, I don't know. Oh, you said you were coming from work. What is, is there a day job you're doing out there? Uh, yes, I work full time as an engineer. I work in prosthetics. Wow! I make hands. Okay, fake hands. That, 
that's a uh, that's actually really impressive. Good for you. That's, Wasn't you uh, that's expecting awesome. that? No, no, not at all. I mean, I don't know. Some you never know what you would expect someone to do as like a uh, another job, right? Uh, but wow, that's actually uh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, something I've done ever since I was a kid. What about you? Do you have any jobs that you do? Uh, you know, I definitely. I mean, you know, when you're working as an artist and um, my now work as a country music artist, I committed to this full time December 2019 when I moved out here. Yep. Before that point, I had been working as an actor in New York City. Um, and so that was a big part of my life. But as certainly you've talked with other artists and it doesn't matter what field you're in, if you're an artist, there's probably another job that's helping put the bills especially when you're getting started yeah um so i've worked all kinds of jobs in my life um i've done being a brand ambassador i've worked in every part of the waiting the waiting tables industry that you can any service i've done that i've done construction i've painted houses i've 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 done pretty much every odd job you can imagine yeah i've done like uh sales rep for uh an app company i've i've done it all like it's uh you, you do whatever you can so you know pay for the next endeavor um and uh so I've, I've done it all but right now uh it is just music so uh we're gonna hold on to that that, that almost like checklists every single like job category you could have you know building artwork acting what, what can't you do <laughs> well uh hold a job i guess <laughs> How's it, how's it been moving to Nashville and getting yourself set up as a country artist? How's you know, it? it's uh, it's definitely not what I expected. Um, yeah. And that being largely because what 2020 has brought <laughs> just at every turn. Yeah. Uh, as I said, I, I got out here December 1st, 2019. And right before coming out here, I was on tour with a show called Million Dollar Quartet. And we can jump back on that after but so I had just gotten out here, and when I came out here, I knew that I would be coming out here, and the first thing I would be doing was laying down tracks for my first releases, my debut releases. Yeah. Um, so luckily, I had found my producer ahead of time. Everything was pretty much set so that I could jump into the studio right away, and I yeah. did. And um, did that for you know a couple you know sessions of studio time. Uh, then I went back for the holidays, came back in January, and was kind of wrapping up some studio time, figuring out plans. I had a showcase uh, for some industry reps here in February, and that was kind of like my, hello, I'm here in this area. You might be interested in me. I have a single that will probably come out in like a couple months. Yeah. So I do this, and that night, my car gets broken into... And my laptop was stolen. Like oh, I had no. some camera equipment that was stolen. So that was like a rough night. Cause like, you know, you're kind of excited. You're like, okay, this is like, this could be my big break kind of a night. Right. Yeah. Um, and the night turned out great. The industry reps and I have still been in contact through everything, which is good. But, uh, uh, so that was the beginning of a tough next couple months. Cause then in two weeks, the tornado came through here in Nashville. Yes. And it, it destroyed my home. And so oh, my roommate you. and Yeah, yeah. Oh, so no. uh yeah, it was it was uh 
you know, I remember that scariest moment of my life at, at that point, you know, because my roommate and I were home. We didn't know it was coming. Yeah. Uh, I had just gone off of a shift waiting tables, not more than like 40 minutes before it hit. So I had been lying in bed for a little bit and I heard a storm coming in. But being from Florida, we have like hurricanes and hard storms that come through all the time and you just don't even bat an eye sometimes. So yeah, I, exactly. I don't know. I was still dozing off. And, um, I remember the house started to shake and it came through and it was quick. Uh, I remember at one point, like as soon as I knew what was about to happen, I jumped out of bed to kind of like scream out to my roommate, like wake him up. Cause he had been asleep for hours at that point. Yeah. Um, and I still don't know if he woke up to me or the tornado. I don't know like <laughs> what got him out of bed. I don't think he knows, but, uh, it, it happened. We were very, very lucky that we were okay. Um, you know, it, we, it hit us pretty much directly. So we actually caught the eye of the storm, which was like no longer than three to five seconds, but yeah. at three to five seconds gave us enough time. We got into the bathroom. We were okay. Um, you know, life, it throws out twists that, you know, I remember being like, now what am I going to do? I'm new to the area. I didn't know anyone like relatively homeless, figuring it out. I, I couch surfed for a little while. was taken in by a family that was very nice. And then I'm in that family's house. And that's when the COVID pandemic hit us the hardest and our, you know, national shutdown started. Yeah. So I lost my job then. Um, and I promise you there is a upside to the story. <laughs> this is just like the first like four months of my time here in Nashville. But I remember at that point, I'm a very, very positive person. I always want to lead my life with positivity. Yeah. Um, and that was a time I was feeling pretty negative. I was just like, I don't know if I can make it out here. Um, I'm relatively homeless. I am out of work in a new area. And I've spent all this money to get out here to record my songs, to get ready for my release. I have no idea what's going to happen with that. And it was at that point when I just kind of was like, okay, let's just pause the music release. Let's pause all the plans that I came out here with. Let's, let's just put them all on hold because there's not nothing you can do right now. Yeah, exactly. And try and rework it. So I started reworking it. I started doing an Instagram live series where I brought on, and this was when everyone was going live because what else are you going to do? And so I started bringing other artists that I wanted to meet out here in Nashville that I figured I would meet by going out. Yeah. Um, I just started messaging them and being like, you want to go live? Like, let's do a little writer's round. And I'm so thankful for that moment in my life because now I've met some of my closest friends out here from doing that. And I don't know if I would have met them had I not done that, you know, and, exactly. so, you know, it, it, it's just kind of worked out that way. And now life is, is finding its new normal and its new pattern. And now I'm finally ready to release my <laughs> single next week. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's turned a, for a twist for the better in terms of my life. I'm very happy with where I am and, uh, grateful for the, the hardships this year has put on me because as someone who's moved, most of my life, you know, I've always just been on contract to contract, no longer than four to six months in a place. Like I'm coming up on one year living here, which is the longest I've been in my adult life. Wow. And if I can make this year happen and not go back home and not switch, you know, and not do this is where I'm meant to be, you know, so uh, we're making it happen. That's, that's awesome. Now, before we go into your new single, which is called Swipe Right on Me, and that's out on the 23rd of October. Yes, sir. I just want to touch back on the um, 
the the start of the year. So obviously, I listened to a radio show from Nashville. You can obviously imagine who the presenter is going to be. Uh, his name is uh, it's BB. I don't need to say much more than that. And <laughs> I'm at the point now because I'm I've not listened to it in ages, and I'm catching up now on his podcast. And they're going through this situation right now as if, you know, I'm listening to it as if it's happening live. Right. And listening to the whole the whole stories of people going out, you know, going to the churches and delivering aid to everybody, all the, mm-hmm. you know, the water bottles. And when Costco, they were, they put like a limit on what you could actually buy, so like five crates of water and, right. you know, just silly little, not silly little things, but little things like that. It just shows the devastating impact something so quick can have. Oh yeah, yeah. It uh, it's. I mean, that was my first and only tornado in my life, and um, uh, yeah. It uh, like you said, it was so quick that I don't know if I I had enough time to fear for my life. Like I, I don't know if that moment hit me during it it was only after when i stepped outside of my house and just saw houses flattened you know we we heard screaming down the street and um i mean you know you just could smell gas everywhere you know because a a pipe had opened up you know it was that's when i think fear hit me but it happened so quick but what i will say is one of the things I fell in love with about Nashville was how quickly everyone came together to help each other out in that moment. You know, 2020 has been a year where I think just globally, there's been a lot of division. And as, as much as I, I try and hope for peace and love and hope that our division um, heals, I will always look back at that moment because that moment for me is what what was, I mean, a defining moment of showing that what happens when people care about each other during really hard times and everyone came together in that moment. And uh, it was amazing. I know that right after that moment, I had filed for unemployment after the pandemic hit and uh, I was struggling and there's, there's issues getting that paycheck when everyone is filing at the same time. And there's a, a food bank a local food bank called Second Harvest, and they had found out that I was struggling and brought me two crates of food. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, as as someone, my mom raised me as a single mom, right? And her mom raised her as a single mom. She would tell me nights where they went hungry because her mom was too poor. My mom worked two jobs, went to school, you know, when she was in her 40s, when I was just a teenager to get a nursing degree so she could become a nurse to make more money to to help support me. So I never went hungry, you know, and I found myself at a time where I was like, am I making the right decision being an artist? Because she always wanted a better life for me. Mm -hmm. And now I found myself no better than her mother before her. And I remember thinking, wow, like how there's, there's always someone who needs it more. 
And I'm grateful that they felt that I needed it at that point. And uh, I'm actually right now uh, working on a fundraiser for right before we have Thanksgiving in November. So the weekend before for them at Second Harvest, where I'm going to get a couple psalm writing buddies out in town. There's a, a local bar that has a great psalm writing round. And we're going to turn it into a fundraiser all for them because I remember that moment just being so grateful that someone came out there for me, you know? Yeah, that's so noble. I mean, I just, that's, that's on, that's on them, you know, uh, I mean, yeah. That, yeah, that's people care, you know, people care about each other when given the opportunity to care for someone. So now you're living the life as a single mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that. We have, uh, my roommate and I have a one-year-old puppy. And uh, so Aww. sometimes, cause you know, I now work from home, you know, doing music, you know, I'm in my studio, I'm working, writing music, I'm working on content and stuff like that. So he works as a hospital technician. So he, you know, three to four days a week, he's out of the house, yeah. leaving me with this one-year-old <laughs> puppy. So sometimes I feel like a, a single mom with him running around. <laughs> That's a, uh, that should be the next um, single title. That's yeah, right? Title, single moms. <laughs> yeah, same, single moms. <laughs> I mean, a lot, lot of respect, a lot of respect, not only to yourself, but to your family, you know, being able to grow such a, you know, a clever bright young man it's, i appreciate well. that oh thank you i appreciate that I'll, I'll give my mom a call right after this interview and say uh hey uh dom from country <laughs> chat with dom says you crushed it <laughs> she really has i mean yes it's, it's 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 pretty much the same what you're going through is this pretty much the same for everybody going at the moment i mean i had to take on a second job because i was made furlough so basically here in the mm -hmm. uk furlough we got paid 80 percent of our wage because we wasn't allowed to go into work so because we were at, because i had that reduction in wage there's right. certain bills i couldn't pay so i had to take on a second job as a delivery driver delivering pizzas sure and it's just crazy the kind of situation you know everybody's been in you know throughout the world it's it's bizarre. It's nobody can like foresee something like this ever happening. No, no. I I think you know it's uh it's definitely interesting because I've seen obviously and, I, and I'm sorry about that you know because no one no one plans to have to put in more work to make the ends meet that you had when yeah. you were doing a, a you know what you would consider a fair amount of work to make your ends meet you know yeah and uh, I I've. I've heard from several different friends that that's been something that's happened with them, you know, hours being cut here in the States, you being furloughed over there. Um, I don't think anyone expects it. And I think that that's what has made more of this pandemic a global issue um, beyond obviously the virus, you know, being an issue to begin with. But um, the fact that it, it hit everyone in their own individual way, no matter what country, so hard and so unexpectedly. Um, but a positive note from that, and I don't know if you have this, I know that I've had friends that have chased down passions that they've had in their life that they never would have chased down before had they not had the time to step away from the thing that they had been chasing their entire life to make happen exactly uh, exactly this show right here i mean i started this before the whole coronavirus pandemic started but because right. of being at home all the time it gave me time to work on it it gave me time to get everything set up right you know how i right. wanted it i mean right. it took a lot of effort trying to do everything on a shoestring budget but 
That's life. But you made it. I've got to say, I've got to say, this background is great. Like everything I've got, I see you got the Johnny Cash poster in the back. I've got uh, signed Johnny Cash down here. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I've got, um, I've got Johnny Cash. Well, it's a variety of artists. It's like a, uh, it's like a theater night kind of thing where there's multiple artists. Sure. Jack Daniels. This is a blues type um, poster. Sure. It says on the air. Uh, I've got a Travel America, so Route 66, which is something I'd love to be able to do one day. Right. Jim Beam, and then live music every Friday, sign here, which I don't do because uh, I do it whenever I can. It's never <laughs> one day. Live music whenever I can happen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but I love the setup. I, I love the on-air stuff. So are you a Johnny Cash fan? Oh, yeah. Oh, Here in the UK, when listening to country music, there wasn't much that, I mean, it's really kicked off this past 10 years. Right. Growing up in the 90s and the early 2000s, there wasn't really much over here. And you, you always had your likes of like Dolly Parton and Johnny Cash. Right. So that's right. what I grew up with. Uh, that's, I mean, so this is a great way to sector into it. So I've been playing before I got out here. I was playing Johnny Cash on tour for two years. Really? So, yeah, it's a show called Million Dollar Quartet. Have you ever heard of the Million Dollar Quartet? Do you know what it is? I don't know. I've I've been watching bits on your Instagram. And I'm sure, sure. there's a video on your Instagram where somebody films like a TV set of, I think it's yourself singing, almost like a solo. Probably. Um there's sometimes I forget like even what's up on my Instagram. <laughs> um, so million dollar quartet. So the million dollar quartet is a name given for Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Carl Perkins. Yeah. I've got to imagine you probably know Carl Perkins being in the UK. He's more familiar name in the UK than he is in the States. Funny yeah. enough. Um, so that name was given to the four of them because on December 4th, 1956, the four of them were at Sun Records together. Elvis had just left Sun's label. He was sold to Columbia. Yeah. Johnny Cash was about to leave for Columbia. Jerry Lee Lewis at the time was a rehearsal pianist for Carl Perkins, who was on Sun Records' label. And the four of them were in the studio, uh, kind of like having a pre-Christmas party. <laughs> and... They recorded that night. So there's an actual recording. If you all go onto YouTube, you can type in the original Million Dollar Quartet and hear the recording of them that night hanging out. And most of the songs they sang that night were gospel because that was kind of that was where all their roots are. Um, every once in a while, you'll hear them throw in like an, another person's song or something to shoot yeah. a cover. But like Folsom hadn't, you know, hit radio waves yet none of the like hound dog certainly wasn't out like none of these songs were yeah, were pretty. big songs right so um but yeah they were in their 20s and nevertheless the recording was found and it was turned into a broadway show where uh four actors myself included uh play the these legends on stage and of course we sing their greatest <laughs> hits we sing Folsom. we sing you know uh, uh walk the line we sing all their greatest hits because well, you, you need to sell tickets. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've spent two years of my life dedicated to everything Johnny Cash. And uh, yeah, he's, he's the reason I play guitar now. Like, I had never played guitar before that audition. Um, he's, he's changed so much of my life. I can almost, with 
99.9% certainty tell you I would not be doing country music, at least not this early in my life, Yeah, had Johnny Cash not influenced me. Uh, so, What's your um, favorite track then? Oh, no, this is tough, right? <laughs> because Johnny Cash has different personality traits throughout his life that I absolutely loved. Yeah. Um, I want to say... Let me list. I will let, let me list three that I think, <laughs> for different reasons, will always like bring a huge smile to my face. One boy named Sue. Yes, boy that's named awesome. Sue. <laughs> that's me. It's it, it, it's it's just like you can't <laughs> help but just laugh, smile, like yeah. just want to scream at the top of your lungs when you hear "boy named Sue." Yes, like it just hits you so well. Um, I want to say. Uh, Man in Black is always going to be a song that, like, for me just resonates because it, it shows who Johnny Cash was. Johnny Cash was just a, a man of the people, a peaceful man, uh, believing, you know, is so much in the power of love. Yeah. And that song is is a huge representation of that. And then, uh, oh, The Tale of Ira Hayes. This song is not a song that is very well known. This is like a B-side recording that he had released with Columbia. And I think I like this song because of the story behind it, right? Ira Hayes, there's a famous like picture and sketch of um, after the the bombings where the American soldiers are lifting the flag, Mm -hmm. you know, and like you see the, the blacked out image and everything like that. Yeah. Ira Hayes was one of those soldiers and he's not talked about as much. Ira Hayes was a native American man and he was also an American soldier and laid down his life. And Johnny Cash loved native American culture, loved learning about it, loved learning about how the white man had come in and taken land. And so he became a big advocate to making sure that sacred land was still sacred to certain um individuals yeah and so he learned a lot and when he learned about ira hayes uh he co-penned the song about of ira hayes and he wanted to release it on his album with columbia records columbia records at the time said we will not release that track johnny cash said okay I will not release a song with you until you release that track <laughs> and it was kind of like this standoff for a little while like what's like yeah, are you just are you really first. gonna stop recording yeah like are you gonna stop and they they broke and the song made its way and it never made like radio success and it's not even a track that most people know it's a b-side that very few people know exists but again people always think of johnny cash as the boy named sue rebel you know the at Folsom mm-hmm. live yeah and forget how much that man stood up for what he believed in, whether he believed in something that I would believe in is right. I would believe in is wrong that other people believe is right or wrong. If he believed in it, he stood up for it. And there's a lot to be learned from a person that stands up for what they believe. Yeah. So there's, there's my little Johnny cash for you. (laughs) My other one, other than a boy named Sue, I mean, a boy named Sue purely for its comedic value. um, I mean, you just wouldn't think the dad would say that at the end. You know right, I mean? right. It makes sense. It, it does give you a life lesson. Um, but yeah, my other one would be Hurt. 
because oh, it kind yeah. of really shows Johnny's emotions and his emotional state, especially towards the latter end of his life. Of course, of course, yeah. I mean, he he's gone on record saying multiple times that how how much it devastated him that June passed first. Yeah, because to him, June was everything. She was. She was literally the light of his life. She was everything good that he became, he credited towards her. Yeah. And losing her just felt wrong. It, it felt like the wrong person left this world um, to him, you know, especially as someone who he had battled with, obviously, drug and alcohol addiction, you know, but the suicide, the want for death through several parts of his life. And to have that happen hurt. I mean, and then what makes it even more devastating is he won the VMAs that year. Yeah. And wasn't there for it because he had passed before receiving the award. It just, it as sad as it is, it feels like the absolute on story, like the 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 way you would imagine his story going for the the troubled life that he lived and everything. That ending almost just makes sense. It, it just kind of seems like yeah, that's that perfect. would be how he would go. Yeah. It's, well, as, when I say perfect, I don't mean it's perfect because you know he's especially one of the things that you just don't want to see go. But it, it's fitting. But storybook. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sto- yeah. Exactly. Like the his tale. His. You know, his epic tragedy makes sense ending the way it did. Um, I would agree. That's a, that's a, that's a hurt is it, it hits you. <laughs> Going from her, swipe mm-hmm. right on me. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, so what you're asking me is who hurt you so bad that you wrote a song about dating apps? <laughs> yeah, particularly what, Tinder? uh i don't discriminate on dating apps i threw in i threw in tinder i threw in bumble yeah i threw in match and (laughs) eHarmony. so all four of those are in the song um and yeah okay so i am the generation for dating apps right i remember tinder coming out i remember bumble coming out i remember there was an app before tinder called hot or not and it came out when i was in high school like i remember dating apps evolving because the dating sites had started out first you know you had eHarmony, match.com those were all kind of like fluttering around and i remember thinking oh well that's just like I guess what happens when you hit your mid twenties to like thirties <laughs> is you go on dating sites. Obviously that just was like a normal thought growing up because that was, yeah, it was that around. Thing. Right. And then dating apps came around and I was like, well, yeah, I guess this just makes sense. Like the evolution of that has always made sense to me. It's always just been like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just <laughs> kind of seems like what you should do. Um, but I've, so I mean, I'm a big supporter of dating apps. I've been on them my whole life. And through every stage of my life, wherever I was at, dating apps has probably been connected. <laughs> um, especially when you're traveling as much as I was, you know, yeah. uh, I, I was always in a new place and, you know, I never knew how long I was going to be there, you know, my adult life. So it just kind of made sense. If you wanted to meet new people, you went on dating apps. But this song came about. Because I I had just come out here to Nashville to co-pen a couple songs 
with some writers that I wanted to write with. And this was before I went on that six month tour with million dollar quartet with yeah. Norwegian cruise lines. So I'm out here and I don't know if you've ever been on dating apps. And so I'm not going to out you <laughs> if you're a dating app user alive on your, your, your podcast here. <laughs> I, I used to, but I don't use them anymore. I, fair, I fair enough. Fair enough. I, I think I've somewhat faded out from using them as well. But <laughs> yeah, at this yeah. point, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. We got that live. We can cut this out now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not still single and on dating apps right now. So, okay. Um, <laughs> but so I'm out here. And when you're in a new area, a lot of times, if you like open up the app, they'll be like, can we use your new location? Yeah. And of course, when you're new to an area, you start getting seen more because, oh, you haven't been seen by people. They want to kind of promote you to get yeah. you on type deal. And so I'm getting all these push notifications that like, oh, you're <laughs> you're the new thing in this area. You should definitely come back on and start swiping. You could find your new match here type thing. Right? Yeah. So I'm getting these and I'm only in town for like a long weekend, right? So I'm at a red light and I'm like opening up my phone and I'm just kind of thinking like, you know, like I'll swipe, but obviously I'm not going to meet up with anyone because like I, I, I'm just, I would love to just go out and like have a Nashville night, but I didn't know anyone in town outside of some of my writers and stuff. But yeah. I didn't really want to be like going out and like hooking up with someone or like trying to find the next Mrs. Essex. Like none of that's not what I wanted. I just was like, maybe it'd be fun to just have like a fun night. Someone to take me out and have a fun night. So I'm having this idea and while I am on my playlist, on my like Spotify playlist, Good Time, Alan Jackson comes on. Yeah. And that's right. My energy is like <laughs> 90s country and line dance country. That's all up my alley. And so I'm thinking, I was like, wow, it's been a while since like a line dance song came out. And I was like, hmm, okay. Oh, where, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think just it, it kind of hit me. I was like, what if someone swiped right, right on over to me? And there was my hook, and I was like, so "I'm gonna let's let's write a song." And I got to that right, and I was like, "Bill, I've got us a song." Uh, and he was like, "Talk to me now, Bill." Bless Bill's soul. Bill is—I'm not entirely sure how old Bill is. I would want to say Bill is in his fifties. Is he so? Pre, is he predating up generation? Uh, yeah, yeah. So like, there was a lot of explain. We had a long conversation on dating apps. So like, imagine you're like explaining to like. Your uncle, yeah. Your your uncle, what dating apps are and what happens on them, and then saying to your uncle, "So great, now let's write a song about them." <laughs> <laughs> and um, but I mean, it was great because we were just kind of obviously dating apps are even if you're a strong user of them, they're fun. They're funny. You yeah. know what I mean? There's memes on them. There's Instagram accounts where you can see the funniest pickup lines and stuff like that. Um, so I wanted this to be funny and I'm always someone who wants to make people laugh. Yeah. So it's like, this, this is, this is it. Uh, we threw around a couple chords, a couple melodies started coming through and then that's just when the jokes started flying and we just started filling them. And, uh, I, I, I think it's just one of those things. I hope when people hear this, they, they just can't help but smile yeah. because it's not a song that takes itself seriously. And in a world where everyone wants to be so serious right now, 
I'm hoping this brings a little light. <laughs> the thing with the song, though, is it's not even just the lyric side that's brilliant. It's you, the piano. It's got so many little piano solos and then harmonica solos throughout it. It's it's brilliant. It's so well, catchy. I I appreciate that. I appreciate that. The harmonica. I mean, the what's great is so you know you talk about you know being a, a fan of Dolly, right? Um, I was also a huge fan and still am of Dolly. Um, Kent Wells is Dolly's producer and Kent Wells was my producer on this track. So having, yeah. So having Dolly's producer be my producer for the tracks that are coming, I mean, it's, it's like a dream come true. You know what I mean? Like you, you just can't, especially from where I came from, could never imagine that happening in my life. And there were times where I'd be in the studio and we'd be talking and he'd get a phone call. He's like, yeah, sorry, man, it's Dolly. I got to pick it up. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, no worries. Like, I'll just sit here while you're on the phone with Dolly Parton. Sure, sure, sure. Say so, hi. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> and he would come on and she would, like, he would have her on speaker sometimes or sometimes you could hear over the phone and be like, Hey Kent. All right. So I got the song that I, I like, and like, just like Dolly's voice rings through and you're like, this is not happening right now. Please, 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 please tell me that you was the first one to hear the ideas behind a Holly Dolly Christmas. He produced it. Like, exactly. Like, Oh, like I, I've no, okay. Like I'm now not going to brag, but a little bit, I knew that this Christmas album was coming in like February, like yeah. in March, I knew about this Christmas album and I had to sit on my hands for so long because I didn't I, I, I didn't want to be the person that ruined her marketing on this. I'm so I'm just like I'm surprised you didn't have to like sign any NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. Because I mean, you know. I didn't I never really heard any of the tracks. I heard conversations, I heard who would be on it. Like I heard that like when, you know, the conversations with getting Jimmy on yeah. and you know, the Cyrus, you know, trio getting them on for different tracks and stuff like that. So I mean I heard overheard conversations and sometimes he would read me conversations and but I think it was just one of those things. Kent is Kent is an amazing man. Kent is someone like if he's got time to give, he's going to give it. And I think when you hear my tracks, you can hear that because someone I'm not Dolly Parton. I'm not Dolly Parton's level for him to give me the hours and time in his life that he would give to Dolly. That says a lot. You know what I mean? This is my debut single for him to put the energy behind that, the same energy and not cut corners, not want to try and make anything less to save his own. Like it, it says a lot about a man. And I think we really connected over the several months that we've been working on those tracks. And so I think it was just, he's more of a friend, you know, he, he always opens himself up to be a friend. And that's what it was. It was a conversation between friends, especially with him saying, sorry, I have to stop, you know, your time in the studio because I've got to deal with Dolly. And I was like, take your time. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready. Uh, uh, for sure. But so going back to it, the track, um, What's great about having conversations with any of the tracks that come out um, that are coming out subsequently from Swipe Right On Me moving forward Mm -hmm. from his production is that there were always conversations about production. What do you think the song sounds like? And uh, that's great. You know what I mean? I'm the type of artist I want to have my ideas heard on a production value. And Swipe Right On Me was a big one for that because... 
Swipe Right on Me could have gone very much into the classic country 90s sound, fitting much more good time like Alan Jackson, uh, Brooks and Dunn sound, which very yeah. much rings through. But I wanted to get a little more rockabilly since that's obviously where a lot of my founding is. So you hearing the piano in that, that's that push for rockabilly, you know, finding its way in so that the harmonica was it was another push that I wanted to make sure that you know I played that part uh, that's me on the track all the harmonica is me playing those Seriously? solos and stuff yeah so that's that's me don't, um, don't don't come up with that bull it's not you is it oh it's me it's me my harmonica is laying around here somewhere I just played it last night on my Instagram live oh. um and I learned playing harmonica because of Johnny Cash there you go <laughs> um but yeah I wanted that especially because I wanted. I knew I wanted a harmonica solo, but I knew I wanted a harmonica solo mainly to make the joke. Let me show you how I slide into these DMs yeah. work. Like, <laughs> and then you go straight in with a slide. Yeah. <laughs> Just, oh, wow. I mean, I, you would have thought it'd be like a professional, a professional harmonicist. Harmonicist? Is, is that what you call uh, somebody who... You know, I've only gone by a harp player, you know, so you call it like you can call it a harmonica, but normally you're Not calling harmonica. it a harp. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I've just, I'm a harp player, you know, I play the harp. Um, but yeah. I mean, you would have thought it'd be, you know, a studio session harp player you know not, not and, and we did wow. we actually brought in a studio session harp player to start out yeah um and amazing and like a lot of the solos when i created them afterwards definitely came from hearing what his ideas for them were yeah um we brought him in and the track was re-pieced together in a different way where i just felt we could do some more with it his heart playing is far exceeding mine. He is such a clean player that he was throwing in these amazing things that one day I hope to be able to do with efficiency like he <laughs> did. Um, but I think his heart playing was so clean that I wanted it a little dirtier. Yeah. And if that makes sense, you know, I wanted uh, just a different feel to it. And so it kind of was just like, we thought about bringing him back in, but obviously that costs money and stuff like that. Yeah. And, this was after the pandemic. This was after the tornado. And I guess I was at that point in my life. I was like, let me give it a shot. <laughs> like I, I can play. So why not like force myself to be the best I could be? Yeah. And, um, and I did. And don't you worry. Not a single one of those was the first take. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, do you, to, do you fancy grabbing your harmonica now? And ah, sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here, let me, let me, let me grab it. All right, so here is this is the harp I played on. Yeah. Um, I have to get a new one because uh, on the top end, it's uh, it's harmonicas are a very finicky instrument. So if it gets too hot, it gets too cold, they can dry on the inside pretty quickly. Repairing a harmonica just doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, they're a, they're definitely a finicky instrument, but um. We'll give uh, we'll give a little a little something. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, wow. It's the whole... Sorry for all the innuendos that are going to come now, but all the sucking and the blowing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I've... you know, with the song like Swipe Right On Me, I'm surprised we didn't have more of those innuendos. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Um, oh. No, harmonica is... I have fallen in love with this little instrument. Yeah. First off, I've fallen in love with every instrument that I've laid my hands on so far in my life. Uh, it's, you know, Johnny Cash put a guitar in my hand, put a harmonica in my hand. So much of everything now that I play is because I was forced to learn to play the part. Yeah. Um, but this instrument is... I remember growing up and I think every kid had a little toy harmonica, uh-huh. you know, that was just like something that everyone randomly has, which I don't know why anyone was like, yeah, toy harmonicas. Great. Because no one can play them worth a damn. Like <laughs> it's always in a key of C as well. Cause yeah. it's always like yeah. the middle of the range and right. And everyone just like, that's yeah. what I remember doing on for hours being like, I have no idea how anyone plays this thing. And um, somehow I've just been naturally good at it. I started playing harmonica uh, April of 2019. So I'm coming up on, I guess, you know, a year and a half range I've been playing harmonica. Yeah. Uh, it's felt like a natural instrument for me. Um, it's something you have to be surprisingly like rhythmic with. Uh, because there is a lot of, like you said, the the sucking and the blowing of it. Um, there's a lot of different patterns that you've got to figure out because, you know, are you going to, are you going to like bend a note? You know, like, are, yeah. and doing all of that, I was blow, uh, I'm sucking in the air during all of that. Yeah. So that's like all one before I even exhale. So yeah. there's a lot of practice on what is your breath control like <laughs> you know it's a it's a neat one <laughs> it's crazy i mean because not only that but you got to control like your mouth and where your tongue is in your mouth because that directs to where the air is going through you know that whole for sure tongue control it's it's crazy and there we go the innuendos uh yeah for sure i mean you know i'm not gonna say there's a video on my dating profile of me playing harmonica but I'm not going to say there isn't. And (laughs) (laughs) you'll you'll have to check it out. I may or may not be wearing my own merch that says swipe right on me and playing the (laughs) harmonica solo in my song, swipe right on me with a pre-save link just below. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally just using dating apps at this point as advertising. (laughs) Free advertisement is brilliant. I've never heard of that. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. Advertising. I'm totally not looking to date. Um, No, but uh, uh, back to harmonica. Um, There's a there are some artists, too, that uh, do you know who Chris Jansen is? I'm certain you, you do. He is a harmonica player. Yeah. Like he is, in my opinion, one of the best when it comes to like versatility of an artist that plays harmonica. Yeah. There's a crazy video and I have spent a while trying to learn this solo and I still can't do it. So, you know, give me a couple years, but <laughs> he plays, he plays Folsom prison yep. and he plays a harmonica solo. In it. And I can do like, I can figure out a harmonica solo for it, but the, what he does in it, first off, I am not the best. And I'm, I'm getting better at 
playing guitar and playing harmonica at the same time. Cause it's like, not only like you were saying, you have to figure out the inhale, the exhale, the mouth movements, and all that, but then you've got to be strumming. So it's like doing <laughs> this at the same time, Yeah. but then like twirling around one way and moving your foot the other, like there's so much that goes on in it. That's one thing I've she always does struggled it. at. That's one thing I've always struggled at is um, tapping my head and rubbing my stomach at the same time. Just for those. Well, like, let's see it. I can't. It's, I always end up just tapping. <laughs> doing one or the other. <laughs> I just can't win. That's, I think I actually used to struggle with that until I started learning how to play drums. Yes. And I think learning, starting to learn how to play drums actually helps you be a far better instrumentalist at everything. Yeah. Because then from that point, you have much better control over using your hands for different rhythm. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, there's a video of him doing Folsom Prison and... Not only does he just have a great version of it that's so unique to him and so Chris Jansen of him, but then he does kind of like a breakdown of it solo at the end. And then he like slows it down and then like picks it back up. And you hear like a train sound happening as he's picking it back up and he picks it back up, picks it back up. And then he's just like rocking in this train solo. It is so amazing. And it is just like, random video of him playing like on like a talk show when he was starting to kind of like become somewhat known. Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, it's like a hardwood and floor. There's like a, like a screen in the background <laughs> of like a brand in the background. And he's just like, there, like doing one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. It's a cool video. You'll have to check out. I but mean, since figuring out that he's been like an artist that I've wanted to be like, yeah. Um, He's, I think he's just a wonderful human being. I think he's always spreads love and light. Um, he cares so much about his family. Um, and on top of that, he gives incredible shows. Yeah. He is a performing artist. I mean, Plays multiple instruments. Like One of my favorite songs, I think it was two, was it two, three years ago, released it, Drunk Girl? That is my... I, Dom, I think we're, 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 we're coming, we're becoming fast friends here. <laughs> that is my favorite song of his. It's um, so emotionally, oh, it breaks my heart when I listen uh, to it. Every single time, you know, he wrote that song for his daughters, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, it's, you know, and I've, I've covered that in, in the past and stuff. And I actually love covering that song because I love I love everything about that message. You know what I mean? It is such a... So different. Normally, yeah. Normally it's about it's, picking up girls, not what he should really be doing. Right. And I think there's so... I mean, the first time I heard that, my mom sent me that song. I was living in New York, right? And she sends you the link to this song and it had just come out. Yeah, I guess it was like, what, 2018? Yeah. Um, and at that point, I wasn't listening to radio as much because you don't drive in New York, so I'm not listening to country <laughs> radio as much. Um so I'm sitting on my couch, I think, and I get this message from my mom saying, hey, you should listen to this song. It reminds me of you. And all the title is Drunk Girl Chris Jansen. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell, mom? <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I'm like pulling this up thinking, what the heck does she think of me? <laughs> um, wow. And then I heard that song and that's been, I think, one of the 
the greatest honors that my mom thinks that highly of me. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's something I always wanted to be when I was in college. Um, I was in a fraternity in college and fraternities stateside for a lot of good reasons. Don't get me wrong. Especially recently, I've gotten a lot of bad rap nationally. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bad things that I've heard happening at fraternities that I, couldn't condone in my wildest dreams. Yeah. Um, for me, the fraternity I was in was a great group of guys. They genuinely were good people, good at their heart. And even coming down to it, like it's been years since I've talked to a couple of them and I've sent them the pre-save link to my song. And I think I'm at like a 90% ratio of the guys have, have done it right away without a question. Like how else, however I can support you, man, I'm so excited to see you achieve your dreams. Like good groups of guys. And, um, I remember though, you know, when you're in a fraternity, you do have to battle some of the, what people think of you because there is an image. Right. But I always wanted to be that guy for any girl in a sorority or not in a sorority that was at a party that they knew if they were ever in trouble and they ever felt uncomfortable, they could come to me. And so I would tell any girl I ever became friends with, like, tell your friends. They don't need to know me. I don't need to know them. If they know what I look like and they come up to me at a party, I will stop what I'm doing. We'll take care of it however we need to take care of it. And I was... I consider myself lucky enough to have done that a handful of times when I was in college. You know, I, I can remember driving friends home from the bar and they just slept in my bed. I would sleep on the floor. And I, you know, those nights too, you're always, you're always nervous about that because <laughs> you know that they won't remember what happened. And so you're always hopeful. Like they wake up, they don't really know who you are. And you're just always kind of like, Hey, you're okay. Like I've talked to this friend, this friend, they know you're here, you're in good hands. And, yeah. and I was, I was very lucky for those moments um, that I could do that. It's something I'll always strive to continue to do. And another reason that I, I think I love Chris Jansen more is for using his platform and his gift of songwriting and t- storytelling ability to tell such an important story. Yeah. Wow. That, that you just, again, it just shows how noble you are. Just, to, uh, I mean, there's so, there's so many, that. There's so many idi- I want to say idiots out there that take advantage of a situation like that. And it's disgusting. Oh, and absolutely. It's really refreshing to hear that not everybody in a frat's a, an idiot. Yeah, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I've I've uh I've 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 been dumb before, yeah, but not little, that, not that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that is uh and and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's an idiot, but it just feels it just it feels vile to me, you know what I mean? I I think I think that's what it'll always remain to mm-hmm. me um is that any human and I think, you know, even broader than just that any human that ever takes advantage of another human being is, is just always going to be in the wrong to me. Yeah. You know, that's, you just don't do that. You, you, you take care of people. You don't take advantage. Yeah. Um, that, that goes for everything as well, whether it's emotionally taken advantage. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah. Physically. Any, 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 yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you know, there's, there's just moral things that I just can never understand. Yeah getting past, you know, and, um, it, it, yeah. So I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, and I, and I appreciate you considering it nor a noble. Uh, I genuinely hope as I continue to grow my platform, 
one of the things that I always try and do is remain exactly who I am, who I've always been raised to be and the things that I want to be. Um, I'm glad if people consider it noble. I'm glad if people want to consider me an activist, if people want to consider me as a representation for something. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be that. I would prefer, though, it just to be looked at as the norm. As the normal, yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's a saddening thing. That's that's what makes it so... When you hear songs like Drunk Girl, how mm-hmm. you kind of wish that it was like that. It shouldn't be a case of wishing. It should be. It, should yeah, be I mean, it. in a perfect world, that song would never exist. Yeah. Like, exactly. imagine it that way. Like, in, in, in a, an ideal world where people were, were good, he would have never had reason to pen that song. Exactly. I think that's why I find it so emotional, you know. Yeah. Because of the idea oh, for of sure. That. For sure. And of course, I mean, beautifully written, beautifully sung. He's playing piano on it. Again, showing his, his multi-talented, multi-faceted abilities. Um, like, we could go on and on <laughs> about Chris Jansen until the cows come home, I promise you. <laughs> my, my, my last thing with it is, when are you going to write a song with him? <laughs> oh, like you know, if you could tomorrow, tomorrow like there yeah. we go. <laughs> uh, nah, I mean he's uh, I, you know, it, it's 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 funny because there are two artists, and I get asked this a lot. So, and I think I was just asked this this past weekend, um, like who would I want to go on tour with? Right? Yeah, I would want to go on tour with Chris Jansen, and I would want to go on tour with Tim McGraw. Yeah, and I, I think for me, both of them are energies and lights that I idolize. I I think that they're everything that can be right about country music, storytelling done right for good reasons, yeah. um, honorable reasons. Um, also, Tim McGraw was in a fraternity. Tim McGraw and I are actually in the same fraternity. Bull. No, no way. Yeah, yeah. So different schools, but fraternities are a national thing. And so the fraternity yeah. I'm in is a... It's a very well-known national fraternity, and he is in the same fraternity as I am. Um, I'm hoping one day that, and like he's always actually been a, a fairly big supporter of the fraternity. You know, it's uh, it did him well. You know, he's got his group of guys from it and stuff like that. I'm always hoping, like part, like a little part of me, and I didn't know this when I joined the fraternity. It was a thing I learned later on. But a little part of me just hopes one day he hears the song on his Spotify, and it's mine. Yeah, he looks me up. And somehow he finds out that I was in his fraternity and he's like, you know what? I'm going on tour with him. Yeah, I'll support him. <laughs> uh, yeah, a guy can dream. <laughs> I mean, he's just like you as well. He's, he's incredibly buff. He looks after his body and his physical, you know, physical side to himself so well and mental as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know what? He didn't always used to be that way too, which is, did he know he's in the blind off. side. Yeah. yeah, you know he's in the blind side? Yeah. Yeah, I actually did, this is a discovery I made this year. I kid I, you not. I found out, I found that out this year as well. Really? Yeah, and I mean, I've seen that movie, when did it come out? It must have come out three years ago? Yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah, I, well, it probably, because I remember, and even when I watched it, I was like, that's not Tim McGraw. <laughs> That's not Tim McGraw. I'm just not Tim McGraw. Um, and then I was like, oh my God, that's Tim McGraw. Yeah. <laughs> um, first off, that goes to show too, and a lot of people question me, coming from an acting background, going into music, right? How? Why? Like, how are you a country music singer if you were an actor? Like, they just don't think that those things belong in the same realms, right? 
And there's a lot of understanding I have for that, right? A lot of country music is telling stories of, of real people, you know? So there's this idea of actors not ever living a real life. You know what I mean? You're an actor, you're, you're the Hollywood, you have a different perspective on life. And I've grown up in the city. I'm not from a small town. I've always lived in big cities, but you know, I have plenty of my own stories to tell and stuff like that. But I think country music always comes down to storytelling. Um, And if you are a good storyteller, you belong in country music because you're going to tell stories about real people and real situations. Exactly. Um, and I think that that's how, what I transfer from being an actor. And I think that that's what's so incredible about watching Tim be an actor is because I, I was so amazed. I was like, he was incredible in that movie. I rewatched that being like, this is, this, this is next level acting. And I think what I just figured out was, of course it is, because he's a storyteller. Yeah, All he is is just being honest. He's just being a person that's being honest, dealing with this, these situations honestly. Exactly. Who better to do that than Tim McGraw? I mean, you talk about actors as well. When you, go on, when you go on a stage, whether it's a small one or a big one in a big festival or whether it's a pub gig, right. regardless, you're performing in front of people. Right. Whether it's right. in front of people or in front of a camera, irregardless of what it is, you're doing performance. Right. Exactly right. same thing. That's what I've always yeah. thought. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I think something that I, I hope to continue to bring to the performance quality of it is as an actor, and there's so many life lessons that I learned from acting college, right? And which is it, I'm so grateful for because also the person I am now is not the person that I was when I entered my freshman year of college. Yeah. So much so. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for that because I was because of different things that life had thrown at me at a young age, I found myself finding some toxic behaviors young on in there, some wanting to be someone that I wasn't, some being closed off emotionally. And if you can tell now, <laughs> I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm as goofy as possible. I don't try and hide anything about who I am. Theater and acting gave that a lot to me, um, yeah. to be comfortable in who I was. Um but I think one of the greatest things that you do as an actor, right, is especially when you're a stage actor, you have to recreate moments day in and day out. Every audience is a new audience. It's their first time hearing that story, which means every time you hear something, it's got to be the first time you're hearing it. It's got to be the first time you've had that idea. It's the first time you've said those words. Yeah. And I hope when I sing my songs – I bring that. That's something I'll continue to strive to bring because, I mean, hell, especially right now, for most people <laughs> that hear my songs, it's the first time they've heard it. You know, yeah. it is 100% the first. I don't care if I've sang that song a thousand times on stream. There's someone new on stream that has never heard me sing that song before. And I want to always tell that story for the first time each time. Live that story every single time for the first time. And I think some of the greats do that best. You know, yeah. that's what they do. They never phone something in. They, they bring that energy for the first time. Yeah. I don't care if you're Dolly Parton who's been selling out arenas, you know, for decades and decades. She's going to sing Jolene like it's the first time. Well, that's it. That's the reason why she's, you know, people like Dolly sell out arenas yeah. over and over and over again. It's because they put all their effort in. Carrie Underwood, she's another one. She puts yeah. it all in. All, all in every time. I, I mean, yeah, she's a great, another great example of, of a, just a human being in general that, you know, you would want to live your life after, um, you know, and especially there's, there's something that like I learned about Carrie, right? Carrie 
uh, I believe is either vegetarian or vegan. Yeah. Um, and never imagined in her life that she would ever, ever be interested in someone who is a hunter. <laughs> yep. Her husband, Mike, is a hunter, yep. right? There's got to be things in their life that they disagree on. There's got to be things that they don't fully see eye to eye on. I mean, you know, if he's a hunter and she is vegan or vegetarian, there's certainly differences of opinion on that, right? Yeah. That being said, they haven't let their differences divide them. They understand where the two come from. Yeah. It's, it's, he understands her choices. She understands his choices and they respect each other for their differences. They don't try and change those things because they've agreed on what they can accept on within those things. And they leave a, a live a well balanced lifestyle as yeah. they go through that. I, I think that that's just, they're just great examples of people, you know? I mean, it just shows how, no matter, even if you're on two sides of the coins, whether it's hunting and not liking hunting, you know, whether you're right. in those two brackets, it's about learning to accept the things that your loved one does. And right. being able to see beyond that, you know, not just focus on that one issue. Right. But to see the broader picture. Right. You know, Absolutely. It's, it's brilliant. It's, it's fantastic what they do. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And like you said, she's an incredible performer and she'll continue to sell at arenas because she gives honesty and truth and excitement to each performance because it's never phoned in. Yeah. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think that's what makes the greats the greats. I do think that that is an issue, certainly now with where we are pandemic-wise in terms of of artistry, you know? Um, yeah. Because... There are songs, and as I said, for country music, country music is less a sound and it's a story. Yeah. That so I'm not as big of a like a stark country fanatic in that country music has to sound a certain way, but for me, country music has to have a certain story to it. Yeah. And if I if I don't find that there's a story in there, I'm not as big of a fan of it being placed in country music. Um. And there are songs out there that I'm hearing get cut more and more that I I think they probably do well because there's good listening quality to them because production now is just, I mean, you can get next level production on things that changes the game. But do they bring that same ability when they do concerts? Yeah. You know, what do they do they still are they able to do that? Not saying that they're not. There are certain people I haven't seen that I look forward to seeing and, and all of that stuff. Um, but I think that especially now, we're running into an issue of streaming being the more reliable thing that people look to to see if someone's a good artist or not. And I don't know if that's necessarily what I look to to see someone's artistry. I think when it comes to artistry and finding the one that you truly you truly love as an artist, it shouldn't really be the streaming. It should be what you're buying or streaming not as in like live streaming but as in what you uh -huh. are getting through whether it's spotify apple music etc etc if you're right. getting that content in you're getting to know the artist without a face you know you're not looking at their actions you're not looking at them as a person you're listening to right. their how they say a story how they say you know from words to music you know it's, right exactly and i love what you've just said there regarding you know the fact that if it doesn't tell a story, it's that's when it starts going into grey areas regarding country music. I completely right. agree with that. I 100% agree with that because there's so many people that argue about the current 
issue with like country pop and country rock and everything that right. isn't country. You know, everything that isn't the country like charts at the moment shouldn't be in the right. country charts. It should be in the pop charts or it should be in the right. rock charts or whatever it should be in. And right. I hate that. I can't stand when people give that argument. I mean, fair enough, people get stuck in the ways. Yeah. People, you know, they, they tend to say, okay, then this is what I'm used to being country. This is country. But sure. to me, country is like what you just said. You know, it's it's another way of telling a story. And if right. it's done with a pop background or pop music or whether it's a rock music or a rap, like Lil Nas X, yes, it's a... He he told a story in a sense, you know, with Old Town Road. He's, you know, and it, it became. I think, I think too. Like, I love that you also brought that up because I I know that there was some. I mean, there was a lot of controversy that came with that. First off, it wasn't necessarily you know getting getting. I think it's it's justice in the beginning for yeah. various factors, um, but I think. I think he's he is a great storyteller. You know what I mean? Like, am I was I crazy about Old Town Road? Eh, you know, I thought I thought it was a cool song. It had like a cool vibe and everything. Yeah. But I think it's a story. I think he yeah. told a story and he had a great vibe. I, who am I to say just because it sounds different than what I will normally listen to? You know? Yeah. That, that's exactly the issue, though, is the fact that some people out there, whether it is in the you know upper hierarchy of radio, where they get to decide who's on the playlist you know that's that's where a lot of the issues lie and people have power that shouldn't have that power yeah and that that is a big thing and i think what also becomes tough right is when you look at spotify right and this is something i had to learn on this song for every stream i get i will make point zero zero six dollars per stream yeah it's it's sickening it 200 streams will make me around a dollar. And then I've got to split that dollar with my co-writer. Like, yeah, it's, it's, and yet you can buy a song on iTunes for a dollar 23. You know what I mean? So you would have to stream my songs over 200 times to buy it once. And yet iTunes is fading out because now you have Apple music. So now you can stream it on another platform where you make roughly the same. I think you make a little edge more on Apple music than you do on Spotify, but it gets, it gets really tough, right? Yeah. So then as an artist, you have to start thinking, okay, well, if a certain sound gets played more, I should try to work towards that sound because I need every play I can get. I can't fight the grain because I have to go with the grain to make the money because I don't have, I could have a thousand people listen to my song and I'm not making near a thousand dollars. And so, so, you know, there, there is that struggle, but I, I think it comes down to, um, when, when you're an artist who I guess is at my stage in life and my, my process here. What I am trying to do is I'm going to try and stay as authentic as possible to myself and not try to go against the grain. Think of it as follow, following the river, Yeah, you know, because you can, you don't have to rush to the top where the river breaks in the ocean and be exactly where it is. You can just kind of follow the stream. You can adjust your sound. You can adjust production. You can adjust ideas to things that you think are marketable, things that make sense, while also still being something that is very much in your lane of what you want to be doing. Exactly. And uh, I I think that's, that's a big thing that 
hopefully people will continue to do. It's, it's it, the frustrating thing is the fact that we have to talk about things like this, you know, mm-hmm. sim- similar to the, you know, drunk girl thing. Right. It, sh- it should be a case of if somebody's creating great music, then, and it fits within that realm. Uh-huh. Why argue against this? Why argue against the going against the grain? You know, arguing against right? it. Yeah, I mean, it's because everyone wants. You know, I think that's a a big thing. Is people want rules, but they want their rules, right? Yeah. I mean, like you know, heck, you you play a game. You know, you ever played that? Um, you know, when you have board games, right? Yeah. No one uses the official rules, right? <laughs> Everyone has the rules they played when they were growing up, right? Yeah. So you go now and play with friends as an adult, and they're like, well, that's not how I play. These are the rules I play by, and we should play by my rules because this is my understanding of that thing. That yeah. same thing, I mean, it transcends everything, right? And it falls into music, too. This is the music I know and like, so you need to like it, too, to like country music. And then you go to the likes of people trying to get on YouTube, and YouTube yeah. pays even worse than, like, Spotify and Apple combined. Right. You know, it's... Yeah, I mean, I've always been a big advocate for those who can buy... If you can buy the music, buy the music. Whether you go to yeah. iTunes and buy the album, you know, right. it's 99p for a single. Mm-hmm. You know, usually at the top end. Usually right. it's yeah. like 79p. The, in, UK money is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's roughly, yeah, that transitions to 99 cents here at, uh, like, the middle end at the top end, you're at 123, which is roughly our conversion. I think it's, like, $1.23 yeah. is your 99, yeah. So, it's you know, for how cheap it is, just buy the single. And not only that, but buy merchandise. Oh, yeah? that That's another thing that goes... The merchandise, you don't have to split it with your bandmate, you know, your right. bandmates, because it's your it's your product. The right. thing that you may have to pay for is the supplier, whoever provides right. the merchandise. Other yeah, than that, and you know, you can always, you know, and there's, you know, you're always you're always battling, especially at this stage. Like, do I buy a higher quantity, keep the price low, or do I buy per sale? Because you know, which is going to be more cost-effective as I'm growing? Do I have the means to sell a huge stock or should I try and grow it a little more before stocking up? And, you know, you play that game. But I agree. I think anytime you can, and I'll do this with all my friends. Yeah. Anytime my friends release a song, I'm going to buy it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't care if I really even know them that much. I know $1.23 can go a long way. 99 cents can go a long way. And so I'm, I'm going to do it, you know? Exactly. Um, uh, but what I will also say too, right? And this obviously, this depends what you want from life. Not everyone wants a record deal. Yeah. Okay. So there are plenty of artists that are content doing the indie thing, um, and are incredible indie artists. So that with that said, for artists that are potentially interested in a label, and that's certainly something where I am at right now, I'm, I'm working towards labels attention and the potential of cutting a deal right yeah for me they're gonna look at my metrics they're not gonna necessarily look at how many items get sold they're gonna look at how many streams that i get so then you end up playing this interesting game of do i not push for sales so that i can push for streams i will take the cost of that you know what i mean like yeah. right now i could have sold with pre-saves alone, we're, we're almost at 500 pre-saves right now. I could have sold 500 units, right? Yeah. I didn't. I've got 500 pre-saves because that will help Spotify's 
algorithm to say 500 pre saves on the day of the release clearly we should playlist this yeah exactly. so it's that it's a strategic move that you hope plays out but that's uh, again the game you end up playing that, that that's that's the other issue as well is not only if if you don't get those pre-saves or if you don't get the amount of streams to get into the algorithms your music just doesn't branch out whereas these bigger artists you know the ones that do have these label deals you know they're the ones that automatically have this vast you know have this vast bucket of streams which well and it, people in. don't realize too that labels have their own well certainly they've got plenty of that plenty of money um but they have their own spotify curated playlists yeah people don't realize like hot country i think hot country and I, there's probably a couple different hot countries or like new music friday country or stuff like that but there are certain ones that like sony owns that playlist and profits off of that playlist yeah. like um warner owns certain playlists and so what people also don't realize too is like if you are not under their label, you're not going to make that playlist. Yeah. That playlist to people, to the average person, is just like, oh, this is just a great playlist of everyone I should be hearing in country music. Not thinking, of course, they're only going to curate their artists. Yeah. So uh, it, it then you fall into that category, too, of there are certain playlists that will never be attainable for you if you're not signed with the label because they're not going to put you on as an independent person. I mean, it's it's not even just that as well. When when I say money, right. I just had, I just had a quick type in Google. You know, can I buy streams? Right. And straight away, there's links, 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 links saying, you know, buy streams, buy streams, buy streams, and and that 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 becomes a conversation. And and don't get me wrong, like <laughs> I've I've heard of it happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've heard of people doing it. I will not be doing it. I I. You know, no fault. Everyone wants to try and do what they feel is best. But from everything I've studied of Spotify's algorithm, and don't get me wrong, it's just like any other algorithm, it's tough. But the problem with it is you could get a certain number of streams, but you still won't get the natural progression of showing to new fans. Yeah. And the reason for it is, let's say you buy those streams. Now, they, those streams have different demographics or, or market areas where they're coming from. The biggest that I've seen or seem to understand is from India. I'm, I can't say as to why, but it seems like the server where a lot of those will come from, right? So if that's the case, and let's say I bought 100,000 streams and they're all coming from India. Yeah. I can feel fairly confident that then when Spotify is like, well, great, a lot of listeners in India like this song and they start naturally playing it to people, I'm going to get skipped because it's not a song that's going to be understood or played out there. You yeah. know, So why, why would I do that? Because I'm only just going to continue to pay into a system to show a number versus building – there's a book called A Thousand True Fans. And I recommend any artist or anyone that's trying to grow something read because it's this idea of if you can build a fan base of a thousand true fans who are willing to pay you $100 a year, yeah, that is a six-figure salary right there for you. Now, of course, you're thinking, well, okay, like, you know, I, I, I've got on my metrics over 18,000, right? Like, how hard would it be to convert a thousand of those to true? It's hard. Yeah. It is hard. And to come up with something that's a hundred dollars worth of things for them to put towards me yeah. is tough. Um, but it's a great idea that I think is better to strive toward. Because for me as an artist and going into my Spotify first release and seeing what the algorithm will or won't help me with, I would rather 
have a thousand streams and cap at a thousand, but the thousand people that heard my song out of that 300 were new. And those 300 out of that 100 came over to my page. There's a hundred new people that were interested in me that the next time I release a song, I will reach out to them and say, there's a new song. You like that last one. You might like this one and grow my following that way of real people that are really interested in what I have. Then try to keep an appearance that isn't going to help me in the long run. Exactly. That That's exactly it. I mean, it's, it's mind boggling. The, fact that people do this and i mean the reason why i googled you know can i buy streams was because i'm sure i heard it as well but you know when you you think you've heard something but you just want to because if i say something on here and it's factually incorrect that ruins me right Um, right you know it's it's that'd be the same for anybody really you know if you was to say buy a hundred thousand streams in india and then you're top of their charts for a day it makes no difference for you here where it matters Exactly, exactly. And it's it's pretty easy, you know, to see those metrics and understand them. You know, if a song blows up that quick and then kind of levels off, it's something, it, it, you know, it doesn't take long to see when bots are on accounts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's something pretty easy to see. Um, you know, albeit, you know, uh, apps like Instagram have made it harder for people that and so you know i don't really call any of what would be called fans fans i call them supporters yeah because for me i think that anyone that wants to be on my support system is not a fan first off i just don't think i'm someone that people should be a fan of that doesn't make sense to me yeah uh but i can be some that's the way i look at it right and like i i get asked this a lot so i wrote it up on my facebook page and I'll loosely quote myself because I, I said it a lot more eloquently when I wrote it. Um, but like, imagine I'm a house and my career is a house, right? Okay. If I am, let's say I'm a one bedroom house, right? Okay. And okay, now I've started to grow my following, right? And so now I'm becoming a two bedroom house. Now I'm kind of expanding. The numbers are kind of growing from there, right? And I've yeah. got my strong support system that is building these these frames right now let's say i want to take my career to the next level i want to add a second floor to this house if i'm in my one bedroom and all the support i have for a second level are the four walls that i started with i will never make it to that next level because it won't be strong enough to go there right but now if i built a support system that's given me three extra rooms that have you know all these support walls and beams going i can take my career to the next level because i've laid a foundation of a strong support system and then i can just keep going from there so as the numbers continue to grow as long as i continue to grow the support system and the strength of that support system my career can keep growing to the next level you can put once you built your house and you built it to the the height that you want to build it you can fill that house with as many fans yeah as you want yeah exactly and then i thought i was like "Ooh, let's get plenty with it and i was like people who want to be cool fill their house with fans look at that look Look at that that. and it's a wonder how this guy wrote a song called swipe right on me (laughs) i like the little mic drop at the end as well yeah (laughs) just finishes it off that seals yeah (laughs) but you know seriously i think that that's the the way to to look at it, you know, and of course, it, Instagram has made it tough lately on, on interactions, you know. Yeah. Um. They they make it tough for people that have been a part of your support system to continue to see stuff. You know, you're supposed to 
post regularly, but then if you post three times in a week and let's say you had 10 supporters that weren't on Instagram that week and never saw your post. Now Instagram thinks, well, they don't want to see his posts anymore. They didn't interact on three of them. Let's just stop showing them. And over a course of time, that'll just continue to grow. So it's uh, it's become, I think, harder and harder for the independent artist to achieve success. Yeah. Um, and not be led down the path of buying for bots yeah. because you wanna you wanna keep an image, and it's tough. It's tough. How is the label hunt going then? You know, um, it's, you don't have to at, say names or anything. Cause. Sure, 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 sure. And and really, there's no names to drop at this point. Um, there's a couple that um, have me, at least on the beginning stages of the radar, mm-hmm. uh, which is all I could consider to hope for at this point, especially with no music to be released and stuff, um, yeah. you know, coming out Friday. And we'll, we'll see what the metrics happen with that. But I think... I didn't want to follow up on any of contacts that I was starting to build pre-quarantine now because think of it from a label's perspective. And this is where I think also anyone who's independent and an artist needs to understand their business that they're in. A label is going to hand you money, right? A label, let's say, will hand you $100,000 in a year. And that $100,000 will pay for your studio time. It'll pay for radio plays and it'll pay for one tour in that year. Right. Let's say that that's what's covered. You've got to pay that label back. Mm -hmm. That's a loan. You know what I mean? That is a loan with the understanding that you have the potential to double that, you know, or increase your profit off of that once you've gotten there. A label makes the majority of their money, as we've discussed, there's not money in streaming, right? A label makes the majority of their money from owning rights to your merch and tours. You don't sell the majority of your merch unless you're on tour. You can't go on tour when you're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Certainly not safely and with considering your supporters in mind. So if that's the case, why would I at this point be trying to fight for labels attention? Because exactly. You know, I could I could be uh, asking for meetings and they could get to know me. They could hell, they could fall in love with everything I've got and say We've got no money to spend on you, you know? So what is, what does it matter? Instead, wait for the first time you meet with them and have a reason that they can move on you now, that they should move on you now, because for them, they have a chance to profit off of you right now. That's how you got to look at it. You know, it's always got to be mutually beneficial. They could love everything about me and want to support me, but you know, they're big business, just like anything else. If they can't profit off of me, there's nothing I have to offer. Exactly, and if you're not touring, there's no way you can, you know, pay it back within X amount of time. You know, whatever you get paid, because majority of it you get paid at the start as well when you join. A yeah, it, it, ex- exactly. So you know, it's been a kind of a strategic move right now to lay low in terms of any label involvement or any label attention. You know, if that comes naturally, that's great that they know there's a fresh face in town and stuff like that, someone to potentially keep their eyes on. But it's not coming from me knocking down doors right now. Yeah. I'll knock, uh, you know, have patience, you know, knock down the doors when you're ready to knock down the doors. And that's just kind of where I am. You know, I know that this release comes out next Friday, which I'm very, very excited about. And uh, right now I look at this and there's a full plan in mind for this release, right? There is so much inner workings that obviously not everyone gets to hear about or gets to understand that goes on in the background of it. But some things that like I'll discuss is like 
this release is the first track off of what will be my EP later. Yeah. Okay. So I will build up to an EP. Now, for statistics speaking, that means that this song, let's say it gets a hundred thousand streams by next year when I re-release it on my EP. Yeah. It will then be re-released that day with a hundred thousand streams on day one. So Spotify's algorithm is like. This song just blew up. So it's one of those things where you look at a strategic thing, you know, re-release the title track that's going to be re-released a year ahead and build up to it because you give that song the most chance of growing. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things that go into things like that where I'm kind of playing the long game right now. And uh, hopefully, if I'm any kind of a good <laughs> chess player worth a damn, uh, all the pieces will, will move at the right time for me, you know? That, that's it. I mean, with the whole pandemic at the moment, it's just so difficult to try and pinpoint exactly when's the right time to move your pawn or move your knight. You know, it's right. It, it's it's strategy, and this year has just been it's just been a whitewash, a complete. Yeah, it's 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 just kind of you know, and then you talk about TikTok too. TikTok yeah. now has is is brought you know a handful of artists record deals. Um, that being said, and, and I, I, through friend of a friend, know Priscilla Block, right? Priscilla yeah. Block being the, uh, a new artist that was just signed, right? She is incredible. She is everything right about someone who should be signed. Um, because she's a genuine person, you know, like she blew up on TikTok and got attention and and that's great and say whatever you will about tiktok and everything like that and its viability and and all of that stuff but she's an artist and like you can see the outpouring of love for her in this town from her getting uh her record deal i mean just she belongs being signed and so you can try to follow in her footsteps thinking that it was tiktok that did it but it wasn't tiktok you know opened the door but it was her as a human being as an artist as a songwriter that got the deal signed it's it's another platform it's like we mentioned justin bieber at the start youtube right you don't blame youtube for it you blame justin bieber for putting his content on youtube david dobrik is the same way a content creator i'm not sure if you're familiar with david dobrik no Okay, look up David Dobrik. He's not an artist. He's a YouTuber. He's a blogger. But I'm certain he's got more subscriptions than Justin Bieber does. He's like 13 million or something. Slovakia. 18 million. Uh, Slovak YouTuber. I'm just going on. Good old Wikipedia. 18 million million subscribers and 7.7 billion views. Yeah. So this, he's built an empire and he's 24 25 yeah but he started with youtube and but you know what he did he created good content yeah and he is a genuine person people watch his blogs i watch his blogs because his blogs are him and his friends hanging out and of course they're living now a much more (laughs) luxurious life and getting to do things that are cool but at the end of it it's it's friends who give each other shit who pull pranks on each other, yeah. who mess around, who have a good time, who are who are living what everyone would Id- idolize. You know, what, what you would want to idolize is just like having fun with your friends. He just gets to profit off of having fun, <laughs> which is nice. But he doesn't do it in a way that I don't necessarily condone, where it's just like, it almost just seems like bullery. 
if you will, of, yeah. you know, I've got money, so I'm going to spend my money to do some stupid thing that hurts people or something. Yeah. Like he literally will pay for people's college tuition. He will give people new cars. Like he will pay people's rent. Like he uses his money and gives it back so quick. Luckily, he's got a lot of it coming in to get back. But <laughs> about to say, you know, David, you know, if you fancy sending some my way, you know, be a. You know, if you follow his account, he actually does giveaways all the time. Where you know, and again, he uses, he's intelligent. You know, he's like, share this post, and I'll pick one person that shares this post to send ten thousand dollars to. Ten thousand dollars is not a lot when you talk about the metrics that that probably brings in for him doing that once every two, three months. Yeah. Wild to me, because I'm like, wow, $10,000. Well, hello. I know. You know, and, and then I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll share that to my timeline. Like, hell, <laughs> I, I jumped, I tagged 10, I would go through my entire friends list and tag every single one of them for that opportunity. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, but he's smart that way. You know, he's, he's teetering the line of being a, an intelligent business person a good content creator and just a genuine person giving back. That's what it's about. That yeah. That that is genuinely what it's about. You know, whether it's a content creator on YouTube or, you know, whether it's comedy, whether it's, you know, TV shows, whether it's, you know, in music as an artist. Right. If you're creating something that you love and you're making right. money from it, it's it's the life. It's what you want. Right. It's yeah, dream as, career. As- Absolutely. And I think that that's something too, right? So I was speaking with Ali Colleen yesterday. I don't know if you know Ali. No. Um, uh, so Ali uh, has a very famous country music father, um, who I'm certain if you look her up, you'll, you'll find out who that is. Um, she uh, is an artist in town um, and she's doing the independent artist thing, which once you find out who her father is, you're like, I'm sorry, what? Um, but she's very much on that. Like I just saw her play around the other day and we were talking after that round and I've talked to her a couple times. I've played a couple rounds with her in town and all she wants to do is have a successful music career. She does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly got a friend, a few friends in low places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. She's, she's one of my friends in low places, uh, if you will. Uh, <laughs> I hope to consider her a friend out here. She's, she's always been friendly anytime we, you know, we've seen each other out. She's wonderful because she could very much use her family to, I mean, she's already done very well for herself. But if she ever wanted to call in any of those favors, she could, especially with as talented as she is. Yeah. She is one of, she is, just as gifted a songwriter as her father and just as ma- uh, as amazing of an entertainer as, as her family. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't, she doesn't want all of that. It's certainly not the way it could be given to her. She wants to build a successful career of people that support her, her artistry, what she is about, not using the generation before her. Yeah that did that paved his own way as well so when i talk with her you know it's funny because and you can tell she knows this too because i've had these same conversations about spotify's algorithm instagram's algorithm how to actually profit i've had all these conversations with her yeah you would never think that she would know all the inner workings of that and she wouldn't if she wasn't truly doing it just like everyone else is doing the independent thing growing her fan base and her supporters naturally and through 
being genuine. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's, it, she's, she's just one of those people too. That is like, all I want to do is make a successful life for myself, find my own level of success, live a happy life, getting to do what I love, whatever else happens after that. Wonderful. But right now she's 24 years old and is supporting herself just like all the rest of us are one song at a time, one show at a time, one writer's round at a time, one new supporter at a time. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's something to be admired. I mean, now, now that I'm looking through her stuff, it's, I think I, I think I have listened to her stuff before. I think it was on the, um, on the Bobby Bones show. Oh, um, I'm certain. I'm, I'm, I'm certain it's, it's, it, she gets plays and does she probably have maybe a slight more chance to get the chance taken on her? Yeah. Certainly. Um, uh, that being said, she's not out there using that chance. If, if, if people are interested in giving a chance on her because of who her father and, you know, her, her mother are okay, whatever, but she is talented. She's yeah. talented, genuine. And the songs she writes are good. Like, ah, uh, the, the hell, I think her, one of her latest singles, like the hell my mama raised or something. Um, it's so good. It's a great song. I mean, just wow. Yeah. You know, she's she's got a degree in songwriting and music business. Uh-huh. It just shows Oh, that you can tell. I've, so much respect comes from, you know, not even using the surname Brooks, you know, mm-hmm. using a middle name, Colleen. Yeah. You know, fair play. You know, I, yeah. if I was, I'd like to say if I was in that position, I'd do that, but I don't think right. I would. I think I'd just chicken out and... It says a lot for her. It shows, right? That, you know, next time you speak to her, give her. <laughs> I, I will. Condescending. I will. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean she's she's so she's such a lot, and she's just a genuine person. I've talked to her now a handful of times. I've been lucky enough that I played two rounds with her. So I mean, and they were also like two of my earliest rounds here in Nashville. Yeah. So like, I was also like are you kidding me? Like, really? I've got to play with her. Like her songs are going to be freaking great. Like <laughs> I wrote a song about Tinder. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> Talk about the deep end, eh? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. So, um, but she, the first time I met her, she followed me on Instagram. The first time she heard me play at that round, she and I talked, she wanted my socials. She wanted us to talk. She wanted like, She's been so kind to me on so many occasions and I am, I I don't know. I mean, I guess like everyone at some point feels like, why would anyone care anything? I've, you know, why would anyone want to listen to anything I've got? But she's, she, she liked my Tinder song. She's just like, yeah, you're the Tinder guy. Like, like even the other night she, and you know, bless her. It was like uh, two weeks ago. I think Um, I had seen her out and uh, I said, hi. And she's like, Oh, so sorry. Please remind me of your name. I know we've talked before or whatever. And I was just like, uh, I'm Chris. Like, don't stress about it or whatever. And she's like, yes, yes, yes. You're the, the, the Tinder song guy. And I'm like, <laughs> That's well, you forever now. Yeah. I was just like, you know, I guess some people leave worse lineages, <laughs> but she is, she's just sweet and she's an incredible artist. And there, there's so many people like her that are out here 
Lainey Wilson is another one who I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Um, and the other day I had done like a, a ask me questions type thing. Yeah. And one of them was, what's like a song you're jamming to right now? And it's a Lainey Wilson song, uh, What a Man Ought to Know. Yeah. Um, and I love that song. You know, for me, that's like another drunk girl type of a song. Yeah. Um, it just hits you. You don't, because she starts off talking about all these things that she knows that, you know, men ought to know and, and all of that stuff. But then she talks about, you know, and how to know when something is right, you know, and not to, 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 to give up on something. Yeah. I know a few things a man ought to know. And you're just like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. yeah, right. Like so good. Anyway. So I posted that and tagged her in it. As you do, you know, you yeah. always tag the artist and their song. She DM'd me. She was like, she shared it to her story. She DM'd me and was like, thank you so much for rocking out to this. And then, of course, I had my little, my <laughs> fangirl moment. It was just like, you're awesome. <laughs> like, hey, you're really, really cool. Um, I don't want to, like, I'm going to try and pretend like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, good stuff. Good stuff. Keep yeah. your vibe. But I'm like, you're like, oh, my God, she's <laughs> like, I'm in her DMs right now. Um, but no, we, we, we went back and forth for just a little bit. And... Lainey is she's like she's with a record deal you know she's with a label she's on her next step like she's becoming a household name quicker sooner and sooner and talking about a thousand true fans yeah like she reached out to I'm I'm a fan of hers I'm an artist but I am a fan of hers she reached out to a fan and made that connection you know that's what you should be doing I don't care how big you get you know if you can stop and Thank someone for being interested in what you got. I mean, hell, you know, all the fair play to her. And that's that's what I admire about the people out here that I've met. I mean, that, that, that's it 100% because it's the supporters that are basically putting food on your table. And it's oh, almost, 100%. It's almost, you know, when you do drop into people's DMs, sliding straight in there, you're almost saying thank you in your yeah. own way to your, fan, uh, to your fans or supporters. You know, it's, right. Is that how, it's how it should be. Oh, 100%. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I actually, I try and make a point of it. Anytime there's someone new on my page, I will send them a DM right away. Yeah. Um, I, because somehow, some way, through an Instagram promotion, through a hashtag, through a friend, you found my page. Like, you found my page, you saw something you liked and made the concerted effort to follow my page. Yeah. I want to thank you for following my page. I want to introduce myself. I want you to get to know me more. I want you to be my friend. And I genuinely, I talk to my supporters every single day. I, I, I don't think that there's someone that will like my post that I probably haven't spoken to in at least a week. <laughs> I check in with them all the time. I had, I had, I had someone DM me the other day and... I actually hadn't talked to her in a little bit. And, you know, you you do your best to talk to everyone. Sometimes people fall through the cracks and stuff. But she reached out to me and she told me that she had just gotten a new job. And at the beginning of this, she had lost her job. And she was going through a tough time and had messaged me. It was like, hey, you know, I love seeing your lives. They make me feel better. You know, I lost my job. And I, I, I spent a couple hours talking to her about it at that time, right? So she sent me a message to let me know she had found a new job and just felt like I was the right person to tell about this. I cannot tell, I can't tell you how good that made me feel. Like that is what I'm doing this for. You know, like I want to make those connections. I want to be people's friend, you know, because I'm, I I couldn't be more happy that she found that job. That's her livelihood. 
she now uh, can relax a little bit more because she's got a livelihood there for her. And now I get to be that cherry on top that just gives her a little smile at the end of the day when I post a video or I get to talk to her and it, it makes her feel better. I'm here for all of that. Someone messaged me. I played harmonica the other day on the stream. And first off, they didn't know I played harmonica. Not every <laughs> supporter knows that I do. It is a little like slightly unknown thing. Um, I just got another call, but have no fear. We got rid of that. Um, but, uh, I had played it and it reminded her of her uncle, who I guess had passed last year, who used to play harmonica. And it flooded her with memories and all the joy and everything like that. Yeah. I, I live for that stuff. That is probably the best thing I get to do as an artist is to have those conversations. See, now I don't feel as bad because you ignored me for like two weeks before you even responded to when we was organizing a date for this. It took <laughs> a week or two to get back to me. It was like, oh, great. Now I'm, we get back. I, you know what, especially during this time, like that makes, that's been the hardest thing about getting up to this release is I have started conversations. I've started organizing things <laughs> and I am probably, I'm still ADD as all hell. Yeah. I am still just as distracted as all <laughs> hell. And like, I will literally be like, okay, I can't figure this out right now. Cause I don't have my thing in front of me. So, okay. Remember to respond, remember to respond, remember to respond <laughs> and then guarantee you less than 15 minutes will go by. And I will have no idea what I just was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't remember. Oh man. I do this all the time, especially now I've had so many friends that like I haven't talked to in weeks, like yeah. have sent me messages and then they'll call <laughs> me and be like, Hey, are you okay? And I'm like, were we talking? Was I supposed to get back to you or something? <laughs> Be even worse if you was actually on a phone call and then you ended up doing something else and completely forgetting that you were on the phone. Oh, oh yeah. No, normally once um, I, if I'm with someone, if I'm talking with them, yeah, I am, I'm all theirs. Like I can't multitask. So if I'm on the phone <laughs> with someone, nothing else is happening in my life at that moment. I am all invested. That's why I'm not very good about like texting or like even in DMs and stuff like that, especially oh, I wish I could just email people all the time because yeah. literally emails like I can handle that on my computer and let my phone go. But your phone has everything. It's got Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> texting, like I run half of my business on my phone. And so half the time I'm like, I'm pretty sure I was in the middle of a conversation with someone, but I don't know what app or what <laughs> device it was on. Like, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, not only I, I can imagine it's even worse as an artist, but here as a presenter of a show, I right. do all my socials. I do all my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Right. And you don't realize when you think about it before, and when you're like, "Oh yeah, I need to sort that. I need to sort that out." You don't realize how much work there is that goes into doing a post on Instagram, linking it to your Facebook, or doing a separate post on Facebook that goes to Twitter. Or it's just so much to it. So much to it. You know, as a, it, I, I think. If anything, I've learned during this time how much of more than just an artist or, you know, a presenter you have to be. You have to be a content creator, too. You yeah. have to figure out when are your prime times to be posting. What is good content that will grab someone for more than two seconds to be interested in liking in this? Can I ask people questions where they can interact? I mean, you were literally constantly like... I don't think I've made a post where I was just like, ooh, I like this picture. I'm going to post it. Like, I've literally been like, my posts are designed weeks in advance, especially when you're talking about having a promotion coming up, you know? Yeah. Like, I know as soon as I'm off the phone with you, I'm going to be making a post here 
right away. <laughs> like it's, I, I know that it's coming. I know what the post is. I know what the caption's going to be. Like all of those things are thought about so much in advance. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it, it has what goes into it now. People, I wish I could just sit down and just write <laughs> songs. And sometimes I recorded them. I wish that that was it. <laughs> Probably spend more sorting out, you know, more time sorting out social media posts than you can actually do spend writing. I know people who's written songs in 10, 20, 30 minutes. To yeah. me, sorting out a video for Instagram, the amount of times I the amount of times I re-record a video because it's just not quite right. I've said something a bit wrong or, you know, the tone. Right. Even like when you're speaking on a on a video on like Instagram, you've got to make sure your tones are right so it's engaging oh. and it's so much to it. Oh, for, for for sure. I mean, you know, it's just like anytime I, if I, anytime I record a cover, I've tried to get more lax on myself, especially because most of the time when I record a cover, it's been like by request. Yeah. And so like, not always do I know the song. So I'm kind of like learning it like <laughs> half an hour before what the chords are. So sometimes I'm just like, ah, it sounded good enough. We'll ride with it. Yeah. But like sometimes, you know, I really want to give my best with it to sound the best that I can. And well, it takes a couple takes, you know, each take you're looking at over a minute especially i mean i'll do every once in a while i'll lay down like a guitar solo because i'm really trying to get better at doing my own solos in every instrument i have yeah and um so but guitar solo again i'm still new to it so like you know i'm gonna be more inclined to mess that up but people also don't realize like i think i posted i posted a video um of the guitar solo from all all, all my favorite people um which is the uh the Brothers Osborne and Marin Morris song. Yeah. And Brothers Osborne, I mean, John Osborne is a fantastic guitarist. He is one of the best. Learning one of his solos is damn hard. <laughs> and yep. so, but people also don't realize like that solo that I ended up posting, I, and I'm going to out myself here. Ooh, here we go. <laughs> but um, I recorded that into my Pro Tools, into my, um, audio editing software first and then played along to the recording I had made in the video because the way that sound came through is crystal clear. You cannot do that efficiently by just recording onto your phone in a way that yeah. saves you time. So what I did was I did probably eight takes of that solo and found the one that I liked the most and then exported it, the full solo, and then played it in my room, had my camera set up, recorded the video, <laughs> then took the video, took the sound out of the video, and then put the video on top of the already recorded audio and posted that. That thing must have taken me three hours for a minute <laughs> clip. Like, people don't realize how much time... But again, it was one of my most interacted posts of lately. You know, I think it's almost up to like... Um, I don't know, 3,000 interactions or something like that. Like, people love that, of course. And then I did, like, a funny caption with it, like, all my favorite people pre-save my song, <laughs> you know? So you're always trying to, like, yes, I'm Make full of quick. stupid puns. Stupid puns. But um, but people don't realize how much time goes into the back stuff of that. People will always just wish you just sat down and that stuff happened. I mean, yeah. I wish it were that case, but if it were that I just sat down, chances are you probably wouldn't interact with it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it just shows that the more time and effort you put into something, the more people are going to engage with it because it's right. worthwhile engaging with. Right, absolutely. And you've definitely got but, a fan that likes to hover around your feet when you're doing these uh, 
solos. I'm sure I saw a video of you and your special little friend. Yeah, Woodson, Woodson. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 always around, except right now he's in our spare room. Yeah. Um, because he uh he's he he's he's absolutely great. He loves being around you. He always loves hanging out, all of that stuff. Um yesterday he actually hung out with me on stream right here. Well, right here and then right there and then right there and all <laughs> over all over this room. Uh, he just kept walking around while I was singing and like the camera between me and here, like if I'm holding my guitar, like it's it's pretty close so like he would walk under and i would have to like move my guitar up like around him while i'm playing a song <laughs> i was just like i don't want to deal with this also like you're sitting on a tripod right now i'm like i don't want him to knock this over <laughs> um but yeah he's he's great um i'm actually a dog uncle he is my roommate's dog and it's going to break everyone's hearts on my instagram i already know when eventually i do move out because that will probably happen. His girlfriend just moved in with us, so I have a third roommate. And, you know, they'll probably settle down eventually. And having, you know, a mid-20s guy hanging out yeah. with them probably isn't in their, their <laughs> scope. And so I'm going to have to leave Woodson behind at some point. And I know Instagram's going to hate it. Instagram is going to hate it. But I'm hating it now. How dare you? Oh, it's, it's, it's breaking my heart. Trust me, I know. But then there are times like... Yesterday, I'm on stream. Oh, my God. And I didn't stop the stream for this because I was just like, I, I can't. Like, I'm in the middle of doing this. But he, like, sits right here and then kind of, like, lays down under my tripod. So I'm, like, playing a song while I'm doing this. I'm like, what the heck is he doing? <laughs> like, I'm waiting for him to mess with something. And then he just pukes right under my tripod just like starts dry heaving pukes under my tripod i'm like playing the song and i'm like what the hell what like dude come on so like i'm praying that no one hears this on stream and i don't think anyone did and then he just like looks at me like you're not gonna spank me for that are you gonna clean this up what's happening now because normally like so then he just like gets up, moves over here and lays down. And then like eventually he kind of just like moves around a little bit. There's vomit during the stream <laughs> that is just in the, like right in front of me in under my tripod. And I'm not stopping the stream for this because I'm like, I don't want to tell everyone that's watching me on stream that my dog just vomited here. <laughs> so I'm just like sitting here like this is my new reality. I am now this is the luxury of being a country music artist is doing a stream with vomit in front of you <laughs> that is hilarious i mean the other things that i see with dogs on like other people's instagram lives is barking during you know performances that's right that takes it to like the next level oh yeah he is so quiet like unless like if someone were to show up right now you'd probably hear him barking but then, like, once they ever be inside, he wouldn't bark. Like, he's not a loud dog. We have our neighbors that are across the way that are, their dogs are loud as hell. We'll literally let Woodson out. We don't have a fence because we still have to build the fence because we haven't had time in the remodeling of... I'm back in the house that was pre-tornado, just yeah. so you know. Um, but we haven't had a chance to build a new fence. But, you know, he's one and he's really well-trained. So, you know, we just let him out without a leash. We don't think he is ever going to run. You know, we, he's, he's good with commands and stuff. They have dogs that are fenced in that are across the way that will just yap and yap as soon as we go out. And he'll literally look at them and then like look at me or look at us and be like, what's their problem? Like, what's... <laughs> what's wrong with them like why don't they shut up guys can you make them shut up we're just like we like you Woodson. we're gonna keep you <laughs> oh that's funny yeah so swipe right on me coming yes, out sir. 23rd of october 
Yes, sir. You excited? We're out. Oh, I'm, I'm, I have so many emotions running through me on this one. Obviously excitement is, is at the forefront of this. Um, it's, it's been a long time coming. I've been sitting on this song for a long time. Um, and, uh, I'm so ready for it. I'm nervous as you know, is to be expected. This is the first time anyone will hear a recorded thing that I've done on a playable fashion. You know, this is, this is not like, Oh, they saw me live. This is not, you know, this is, this is something that's, it's going to be out there and um, people's phones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Right. Um, (laughs) but, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, so grateful a that I get to be doing this and so grateful for all the support that has been coming my way with this track coming out. Yeah. Uh, so many people have just been so kind from all strokes of life about it. So excited for me for this release, all of that. And, uh, I'm hopeful, you know, it's, a. Uh, it's a song that I think has a lot of potential that I think a lot of people will end up liking. I, I think, like you said, it's I, there's a lot of good things about the song that aren't even my voice. You know, there's just a lot of good things beyond who I am in the song is that the song just has a lot of great features that I'm so glad that I was able to co-write this, that this was a song that I could uh, help come up with and help create and then getting to be the artist that sings it too. It's, it's, I'm excited. It's, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. Uh, there's a lot that comes with it. Obviously on release day, you know, uh, the hope is people are streaming it like crazy and people are, are shouting it out and posting it and sharing with their friends. And it comes all the thank yous and all the reposts and all of that. So next Friday is going to be a busy day for me, but I am excited for that weekend. I'm excited for this release and then I'm excited to start, you know, promoting it as a release, but then start getting ready for the next one, which yeah. the next one is already in the works. There's conversations about dates. All of that stuff is is coming up. So I'm excited that I get to now start thinking about the next thing since I've been thinking about this one for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us anything about your next single or what the EP is going to be or how many you've got recorded, anything like that? So we have five songs as it stands from the EP. Yeah. Um, uh, not all will make it as singles. And the hope right now is that we will end up with a seven track EP and a potential live version of swipe right on me. Yeah. Um, there, there could be something cool that's in the works about where I record that live version. Um, so we're, we'll hopefully see what all happens with that. Luckily, it's not going to be something that's in front of an audience. So it's something that can be controlled. It's going to be an area, a place that could be done. Um, so we'll, we'll see what all happens with that. But we're looking at uh, a seven-track release on this EP, hopefully by sometime this time next year. Yeah. So that means a couple singles are going to be coming out pretty quick off of the, <laughs> the press. Um, to make that happen we'll see what happens like i said i'm going to take my time with it no rush i'm going to read what people are interested and want um but the next track as it stands right now is is a song that means a lot to me uh i won't announce which one it is there's definitely some some rumors and some thoughts based off some like serious supporters that have an idea um but it is a song that means a whole lot to me. It is going to be a complete twist. It's not going to be that funny song. We're going to dive into some real emotions. And it's a, it's a song that, again, I'm so glad to have penned. It's one of my solo rights. And, uh, and I'm, I'm excited. 
I'm excited for for that song. So we'll see. It's going to be right at the top of the new year in 2021, and uh, you'll definitely know about it when it's coming out. So uh, we'll, we'll have those. We'll, we'll we'll have a chat. We'll have a chat this time, and uh, hopefully in a couple months. <laughs> well, what I'll plan to do for that one is we can do a special live Instagram chat. <laughs> Absolutely, that that would be great. I actually wasn't sure how we were doing this today. I was like jumping back from Instagram live. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if we talked if we we're going live for this. So I was just like, ah, I'm ready to hang. <laughs> Thing is, though, we didn't say anything at all. It was just literally time and date, and that was it. And then, yeah, and then like even on my way here. So okay, this is probably I, as you can tell, I'm an open book. I'll say anything. I actually just got my eyebrows done. All right, I know yeah. I got my eyebrows done. Look, because uh, I have. I know, I know. I have I have the bushiest eyebrows and it's been like two months since I've gotten them done. And so I get them threaded so it's more of like a natural like look. I don't get them waxed or whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I was like, damn, I really need to get this done. And I have this interview and, I, and like not long after I have another one at three and then like one at four. And then I'm seeing a writer's round at six. So I was like, I've got to get this done because I've got so much promotional stuff happening that I was just like, I can't have bushy eyebrows. <laughs> So I literally had my appointment at like 1045. It's like half hour away. I literally got here and then I was like, ah, shit. I have no idea what I'm doing with this interview. Like, is it on Instagram? Like, I literally was just like, ah, shit. I I like to keep people in the dark as much as I can. You know, well, you you met your match because I'm here with it too. I'm like, I could reach out and ask. But all I said to you, the message was, I'll see you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love. And it was like, sh- shall we actually organize something? Right. <laughs> All right. So as a final reminder, Swipe Right on Me is out on October 23rd. Yes. Where can we find you on social media? Social media. You can find me on pretty much every platform as Christopher J Essex. Uh, Yes, I got fancy with it. So anyone that's listening over in the UK, they're like, ooh, Essex, Christopher <laughs> J, Essex. Ooh, I can get along with it. I promise you, though, I'm not nearly as fancy as that name will uh, will depict. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little fancy on those socials. So Christopher J, Essex is where you can find me. Except for on Facebook. I think Christopher J, Essex somehow was taken on Facebook. So I'm Christopher J, Essex Music on Facebook. But everywhere else, uh, Christopher J, Essex. Like I said, anyone that comes over to my page, I always will. I, I will do everything I can to talk to you within a relatively quick time from you coming <laughs> over to my page. Um, sometimes I'm better than others, but uh, but uh, come say hi. Anyone that messages me, I'll, I'll, I'll always do my best to respond to. And uh, yeah, come come join my family. I'm uh, I'm growing this little family, you know, one person at a time, and uh, I'm excited for this release. So if you like it, share it stream it like i said i'll make a dollar for every 200 streams so like if you wanted to just like every day stream my song 200 dollars, which is completely normal 200 dollars, 200 streams you know <laughs> if only i wouldn't say no <laughs> no but uh but thank everyone that's listening and uh this has been i'm so happy that this this interview happened because this has been an amazing interview. This was so relaxed. This is just, like you said, this is just a chat. And I, I love having this chat with you. We've been talking for over two hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if anyone's, if, if anyone listens to the end of this, <laughs> go get a hobby. 
I thank you for listening to the end of this. <laughs> yeah, like thanks for uh, for uh, getting with us for two hours of. I think we've covered everything. What like, I might do is I might split this into two two one hour ones and then yeah. uh, separate it out between two days. Yeah, hey, I'm uh, I'm here for that. Either way, <laughs> uh, it'll end up. This will. And that's a great thing, and uh, we can chat about this a little once we uh, once we cut the live off on it. But um, all of this will end up being featured on my website as well. Uh, I'm building a page on my website that's just for any kind of podcast, interviews, or blogs. So any kind of outreach of anyone that's done for me, I will be doing the same on my website where you can see all of that stuff. So uh, once we once we know all that stuff, we'll we'll get them all linked up. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'm going to finish up on one question. Yes, sir. Pizza. Pineapple on pizza. No. No. It's a no. no for you. No, it is a no for me. Now, here's the thing. I don't think that it's like a crazy idea that people do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not one of those like stark ones. Like we said, just because <laughs> I don't like something doesn't mean that I can't imagine someone else doesn't like it. Yeah. But it's not going to be my thing. But here's a question for you. Oh, go on then. Okay, okay. New York slice or deep dish? I don't know if you know if there's a difference being uh, out from the UK. Are, one's a thin and one's uh, really thick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, depends. If it's Pizza Hut, deep dish. Anywhere okay. else, New York. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can vibe with that. I can vibe with that, 100%. That, that makes sense for me, yeah. Yeah, Pizza <laughs> Hut, I think uh, there's we have a local chain. It's not like... So it's a little chain, but it's called Jets Pizza. Yeah, I'll get deep dish pizza from them all the time. Yeah, it's so good. But if I'm gonna like go out, like I won't go out and expect pizza in deep dish, like on the like a like a pizza like place at like a ninety nine cent store. I'm gonna expect yeah. New York. You know, I'm gonna expect to like fold that crust and eat it thin crust. Yeah. Especially, especially when you get the um, big slices. When we- oh, for sure, you've got to do the fold, and like yeah. if it's long enough, sometimes you've got to do like the layer <laughs> fold too. So some may argue you're still ending up with a pan pizza because you folded it so many times. Yeah, but like, hey, <laughs> isn't it great when you get the especially a long piece of pizza, and then you get that like, bit of cheese that's hanging over, it and you do that uh, flip of the cheese on back onto the top. I'm pretty positive I'm going to hang up and order pizza to be delivered here and eat it in my next interview. (laughs) I'm really craving pizza now. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for coming on, Chris. It's been great. It's been fun. Well, this has been, this has been great. And, uh, honestly, like, uh, everyone that's listening here, I, I don't, I can honestly say from doing several interviews throughout my life or whatever, like you're listening to a great podcast, you're listening to like a great source of talking with artists because there's nothing worse than feeling like you've got these set questions that you feel like you have to give the right answer to because of you want the right thing said about you. There, there's yeah. nothing harder for an artist to jump into. You've this entire time, we've just been hanging out. And I think any artist that's like me, that's all you want to do is you want to give people an idea of what it would be like to hang out with me, to hear who I am as a person. And uh, I think you've 100% done that. So if you're listening to this and you're not already, you should be subscribing, you should be following, you should be sharing with your friends because this is is one of the best out there. So uh, I'm glad to be on. Thanks for that, buddy. That's, that's, That's probably the nicest thing anybody's ever said. Oh, yeah, no problem. No problem. Making me tear up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it was definitely well worth you paying me to say that. So uh... <laughs> I'll pay you later. <laughs> I'll write an IOU. 
Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Listen, I've taken, I've taken and paid plenty of IOUs in my life, so uh, we'll, 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 pay, we'll pay it forward. But uh, this has been great. Thanks for coming on, and thanks everybody for listening, especially this length of time. Two hours. <laughs> take care, everybody, and I'll see you all next time. Bye for now. See you That was the Country Chat Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews, and general chit-chats on all things country music.